אתם עם SBS בעברית. לעוד סיפורים מעניינים, כנסו ל-sbs.com.au. שלום, אסטרליה, זה דוקטור רון וייזר. Dr. Ron Weiser, thank you so much for joining us today on SBS Shalom Australia. Dr. Weiser, I'd like to talk to you. I mean, you being the past president of the Zionist Federation of Australia, you've been following Israeli politics closely for many, many years. Are you surprised at the Israeli elections results? Well, the first thing I'm surprised about is that despite all of the predictions, More Israelis went to vote now than for the last uh, two decades, uh, which just shows that Israelis were very keen to have their say at this election, and which also shows that the results uh, do reflect uh, the democratic process in Israel. Are you surprised with the results? Well, only Netanyahu had the chance of uh, winning outright, and he's done, surprisingly, even better. Why do you think uh, Lapid didn't get there? Well... I think Bibi Netanyahu proved once again that he's a smarter politician, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, than the people around him. And what he did was, by merging, even if it was distasteful to him, some of the smaller parties into one, uh, so as not to waste any of the votes, this was a masterstroke. Lapid was not able to do so. And ironically, the two parties most opposed to both Netanyahu and Ben Gvir, let's say Meretz and Balad, are the ones who actually ensured they got elected because they, uh, by not passing the threshold, wasted their votes. And they wasted approximately six seats, which would have been enough to unseat Netanyahu had they been more clever and cooperated with Lapid in the merging of the smaller parties. Well, it's the first time ever that Meretz, on the left spectrum of Israeli politics, is not really in the parliament. Well, Meretz was... Uh, really already quite low in its general votes, but because of the high turnout, it meant that to reach the 3.25% threshold, one needed more votes than in the past, and that's, that's how the system works. I mean, Lapid worked initially hard to try and convince Merav Mikhaili to merge uh, Labour and Meretz. If that would have happened, uh, then the votes wouldn't have been wasted. I mean, at the time that we're speaking, we haven't got the final results yet, but at the moment, Meretz and Balad are below... the threshold value, and all their votes are wasted, and that's many votes. Yeah, it doesn't look that they will get in because they already counted most of the envelopes. Yes. Now, the big questions, there are new stars in Israeli politics right now. I'm talking about uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir. Yeah. So let's, firstly, Netanyahu is the big winner, but uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir is the star. He ran the best campaign Of anybody and put himself into a position ironically running on a position that you can't trust Netanyahu and that you can't trust him to keep uh, right-wing policies and that although he was the only candidate for a viable candidate for the prime ministership only Ben Kvir and Smotrich could keep him in check and Netanyahu was willing to run the campaign it got him into office and now his biggest problem is going to be how to deal you know is this a A friendly bear hug, or do they have him in a vice? How is he going to deal with Ben Gvir and Smotrich? What cabinet posts uh, will he give them? And what, how will he explain or resist uh, some of their more extreme uh, policy positions? And how do you see Israel on the world stage with the new government? So the answer is pretty much with the same answer. Uh, conditions and that is uh, or qualifications and that is it depends very much 
now what Netanyahu does. He was smart enough to organize his election victory. Now he has to be smart enough to ensure that external relations in particular are not damaged. I'm talking about relations between Israel and her allies, but also between Israel and diaspora Jewry. Uh, large segments of American Jewry and some in Australia will be waiting to see how Netanyahu deals with uh, what particularly Smotrich and Ben Gvir have in mind with Hokashvut, the law of return, with the recognition of reform Judaism, with uh, the uh, compromise at the Kotel, of course, all of these elements uh, will be very interesting to see. But I think it's important to point out, notwithstanding the rise of religious Zionists or the party that calls itself religious Zionism, is that if you look at the bulk of the voters, and if you look at the four main parties, Likud, Yeshatid, National Unity, and Israel Beitenu, and more or less center, center-left, center-right, between them there are 73 seats in the Knesset, if you add in the Haredim, who have virtually no position or only centre positions on external matters, you've got another 19. And so really you've got about 92 seats out of 120 that we would call moderate and centre, and we shouldn't be uh, too excited. We should hold our breath for a little while and wait and see what happens in, ta- in terms of Ben Gvir and Smotrich. We are talking to Dr. Ron Weiser past president of the Zionist Federation of Australia, and you're listening to SBS Shalom Australia with Nietzsche Lowenstein. Ron, I know we are talking about Israeli election, but I can't resist asking you about the position of the Australian government in regards to Jerusalem. Well, it's not the position of the Australian government in regards to Jerusalem. It's the position of the Australian government in terms of what they call West Jerusalem. And that's what makes the whole thing so ludicrous. I mean... We don't really understand what was the impetus to make this position change at this point in time. There was no world move towards it. You've got a Democrat president in terms of Biden in Israel. He was uh, in the United States, sorry. He was in Israel in uh, July where he stated that the American embassy remains in Jerusalem. There was just no leadership from any other country or move around the world to do this. And to do it out of the blue is incomprehensible and also unacceptable. Especially on Simchat Torah. Well, uh, you know, that probably was, uh, they thought they would get it under the radar there. Do you think that they succeeded? What do you want it to do? Look, it was part of their policy platform. Um, I think they succeeded in overcoming the initial step. Tim Watts, the Deputy Foreign Minister, spoke last week at the Zionist Federation Biennial Conference, uh, assured the community uh, in public that there would be no further uh, sudden surprises. Of course, what concerns us is that as part of the policy platform of the Labour Party also to recognise a Palestinian state. We don't know what its boundaries would be and where it might find itself. I think that we need to ensure, by making our voices heard at this point in time, that the Labour Party will be under no misapprehension uh, that the Jewish community and our friends and supporters and those who support peace would see that as a very counterproductive move. Dr. Ron Weiser, past president of the Zionist Federation of Australia, thank you so much. רוצים לשמוע עוד סיפורים? האזינו דרך האפל פודקאסט, גוגל פודקאסט, ספוטיפיי, או בכל מקום אחר בו ניתן להאזין לפודקאסטים.